breaking news. I'm coming here late. Um, if anyone's already listened to the episode, I'm sorry, but the Porzingis trade has fallen apart. I recorded 10 minutes about Porzingis trade just for none of it to matter. So that's really awesome. Um, <laughs> kind of a plot twist throws a monkey wrench into everything, I guess, that I talked about regarding how Porzingis fits and everything, but I guess the teams weren't able to come to an agreement. We will probably get more updates on why that is in the time to come, but I just want to throw this in there real quick before you know the rest of the show here. Uh, yeah, no, kind of a kind of a big deal there. I'm not sure I saw that coming, but anyways, <laughs> enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, 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 and welcome into Coach's Corner. I am your host, Lucas Kojavar, live from Dallas, Texas. That's right, taking a trip here this week, so. But still coming out with a new show as we have some news. We have some things happening. We have, of course, the NBA doing NBA offseason things. You know, people often say that the NBA offseason is more entertaining than the actual regular season. And I have to agree. I mean, it's one of those things where, of course, all 82 games aren't cared about equally. You know, it's not intense as the playoffs when it comes around. But there is constantly this drama. There's constantly reports coming out, uh, deals being made, drama from players that you didn't know had drama. You know, all these different things happen during the NBA offseason, and it just accumulates into this really exciting time in the sports calendar where we kind of have a lull. I mean, College World Series is happening. Uh, obviously, some very exciting baseball being played. The Florida's advanced to the finals. Wake Forest is playing LSU as we speak. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we, the MLB regular season's happening, and the Reds are on an 11-game win streak. Ellie De La Cruz, since coming up, feels like he's the turning point here, but, I mean, the Reds do have a number of really solid young guys. Joey Votto just got back from injury, hit a home run, and hit one of his first games. And, yeah, the Reds are really exciting, and they'll, they have a day off tomorrow, and so Friday, they, I think they come to Atlanta to play the Braves on their 11-game win streak. So the NL's best versus the NL's hottest, I think will be a superb matchup between two high-quality baseball clubs at this current moment. So some exciting stuff there. We'll see how this goes, how it turns out for them. Um, But, yeah, the NBA offseason, have to go get back to that because we do have the NBA draft on Thursday, so that's kind of why we get a lot of talking, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, We have opt-outs, Bruce Brown, Nuggets piece, I talked about him at length on Monday. He opts out, likely going to get a decent-sized deal um, in free agency. <clears throat> Other players have opted out. Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors, a big-time defensive guard. But the big deal that I think happened today was the Boston Celtics went out and acquired Chris Tops Porzingis from the Wizards. Um, as the Wizards' fire sale continues, I mean, they're... I think ribbing it down literally to the studs. I think they're taking the studs out actually, um, pouring a whole new thing of concrete, making sure that they get a whole brand new staff in there. You know, they hired a new GM this offseason, have traded Bradley Beal, Porzingis now, Kuzma opted out of his deal. Um, And it looks like they're trying to move some more pieces that they have. But, yeah, the Wizards, I mean, really stripping it down. And the Celtics are the big winners out of this trade. I think uh, the Celtics, it's a three-team deal, so let me back it up there. The Celtics get Kristaps Porzingis. Um, These are the main pieces. The Wizards get 
Marcus Morris, the 30th pick, I believe Danilo Gallinari from the Celtics, and the Clippers are the third team there. They're receiving Malcolm Brogdon from the Celtics. So three, I mean, three starter-level players. Morris is on the lower end of that, but Brogdon was right there in the sixth man of the year running. You know, a big-time player there. Potential. Um, brings a, hopefully a model of consistency for this Clippers team that's really kind of suffered from, I think, getting a lot of variation from their point guard position. And uh, the Celtics get a much, I think, needed... Um, I don't, I don't want to say rim protector, but a much-needed big man, I think, to really, um, a dynamic big man to really kind of shape up their front-court rotation of Horford, Williams, and Porzingis. And so, um, you know, looking at the Celtics part of this deal, before we get to the other teams, I think this is a wonderful move for the Celtics. Um, they have kind, They had kind of a, you know, three-way rotation of point guard with Marcus Smart, Brogdon and Derek White, I think, sometimes ran it. And, you know, there were just at times last season where, like, Brogdon, I feel like, makes a good play on almost every possession. But when he's not making, like, the good quality pass or making his shot, he's very ineffective, I think, as just a player out there. He's just doing a whole lot of nothing. I mean, you could say that about a lot of players that, like, if they're not making a good pass and they're not shooting well, then what are they doing out there? But I think you get guys like Derek White, Marcus Smart, who, you know, they're not doing those things well. Like, let's say they're having a bad offensive night. They're putting everything they have on defense, and they're being all-NBA defenders. And Brogdon can't reach that level of all-NBA defender. And I don't think his offensive production is quite up to the par that they need it. They need more dynamic playmaker. And Brogdon, I would say, I guess is a rigid playmaker. And... You know, their big man rotation is lacking. It was lacking. You know, I think that's fair to say. They had to run different lineups that I think were interestingly constructed, but in the end, I don't think it worked. And Al Horford is getting up there in age. Al Horford is 37 years old. Uh, He's a big man who I think has incurred a lot during his time in the NBA as a defender. You know, the miles add up. And I don't think they ran out of gas during this postseason. But I think he reached, you know, a level where, I mean, if he's not, if he's, he's kind of like Brogdon, but for defense. If he's not defending well, I don't know what he's doing out there because, you know, the three-pointer, he's one of the better efficient three-point shooters as a big man. But, you know, if you don't, if the point guards aren't getting the ball properly and he's not like, he can't create his own open three. He just, he has to be dead open. So... You know, you have that aspect of it. Robert Williams, a fantastic player, very, very limited ceiling on offense. I mean, he catches the lobs, uh, doesn't have much of a post to game, and can't shoot. And then you have Grant Williams, who is an undersized four, very undersized four. And, you know, if he's not making three-pointers, I don't know what he's doing out there either. And Porzingis isn't coming in, you know, I don't think is. You know, the secret weapon, a big answer or anything. But I think he provides a much more flexibility on both ends of the floor. I think he provides just a better level of play on, you know, for their front court than Grant Williams would, you know, as he is hitting free agency himself. So, you know, and 
there will be concerns about Porzingis, whether his injury concerns are valid or not, whether he's, like, actually worth it for this, you know, upcoming season. Like, will his money, will he stay healthy enough to, like, make the money actually make sense? I think he will. I do think he will. I mean, he's a good three-point shooter. He gets a decent amount of rebounds. He's 7-3, obviously, so he has a presence on defense. Well, you know, Whether it's good or not, I think he does have a presence there. Uh, can really shoot well, create his own shot in the post. Like, I think he's just an overall pretty good player. And, you know, I think he's been forgotten about, you know, because he had a rough ending in Dallas, admittedly, after signing the big extension. Him and Luka just weren't the right duo. He gets traded to Washington, and then once you get traded to Washington, we won't hear about you until you're not in Washington. So he'll be on a big-time team now, a championship-level team, and so for that reason, I mean, I think we'll get a lot more Porzingis either like love or we'll see him get really heavily scrutinized. But even then, I do think that there's more pressure on Brown and Tatum than Porzingis. So even if he does play bad, I mean, unless he has like an 0 for 17 kind of night, I don't think he'll really get the brunt of any criticism. And so um, I still think they need a better playmaking guard, whether it's like off the bench or maybe to bring in as a starter, you know, I I think they do need that still, but I think this is, this was a big move that I think they did need to make. I mean, it was obvious that there was issues in the Miami Heat series and people will blame his Brogdon's forearm injury for, you know, him slowing down, but he was such a non-factor in that last playoff game when they needed him the most. And I, I do think that it might've, you know, been the, you know, closure to his, I'd say, relatively good year. I mean, it's a relatively good year. It just had ended so poorly that I don't think the Celtics could justify keeping him. And I don't think his contract, I think he has, like, one more year. So, you know, or maybe he has a couple more. They just signed him. And either way, I think this deal makes a lot of sense for the Celtics. I think it's a good move. You know, you run out a lineup of smart, white, brown, Tatum, and Porzingis, or if you want to go smart, Brown, Tatum, uh, Porzingis, and then Williams, I think you can do that. There's so many combinations that I think the Celtics can do with their lineup that'll make this interesting and that I'm fairly excited to watch because, like I said, I do think that they have a, like a, a number of options that they can roll out there with a small ball lineup with Tatum being the five, if they really wanted to, or Horford being the five. You know, you can do Horford at the four, Porzingis at the five, vice versa. Like, there's so many combinations the Celtics can throw out there now. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm very intrigued to see how it works out for them. So, then we look at the other part of this deal. The other side of this deal is um, Brogdon getting traded to the Clippers. Um, relatively interesting offseason for the Clippers here. They had the rumor with Chris Paul coming to them after the Bradley Beal deal. <laughs> Why I'm there. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there hasn't been much else talked about that. Like I said, Chris Haynes was the only guy to report that news, and I haven't heard a word from that like camp coming out at all. So, if anything, Brogdon provides at least a solid point guard for the Clippers, someone who can, like I said, be consistent as a passer and a scorer. You're not going to get the peak, like, you know, 20 and 10, or, you know, 25 and 15, from him, like, you know, you're, you're not getting, like, a crazy box score numbers, but I think you are getting consistent level of play. But I have to say there are concerns with the health. And, 
you know, a, a lineup of Brogdon, George, and Kawhi, those three <laughs> trying to stay healthy is just a comically um, funny thing, you know, hoping that they do stay healthy, but good lord, that is a, they need bubble wrap heading into the season, they really do, that's a very brutal three there to have as your, like, kind of core, but I do think they'll bring in another point guard, like whether it's Russell Westbrook that bring him back or Chris Paul. I do think there's something there. And like I said, the Wizards, the Wizards didn't get much back. They got Marcus Morris, who's going to be an expiring contract. Hopefully, like doesn't really do much for them. And they get a draft pick. So, yippee! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The Wizards are kind of playing. They're rolling the dice, but they're constantly just getting low. Returns, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Um, something that did happen, the Nuggets traded to get a first-round pick. Uh, I believe a first-round pick, so they have the 29th pick, and they have the 32nd pick. They also got the Pacers, you know, early second and then late first-round pick. And they traded their first for next year and the 42nd pick, so they have a little stretch of picks here. Um, three picks, I think, from the stretch of, like, 29 to 35 they have, so... Interesting move there by the Nuggets, I think, just to get some quality players and just names that you can put on the bench and maybe develop them, which they've done well developing to this point, so I like that move a lot for them. So, very interesting from them. And just to transition here to the draft, I think, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's been a very hard draft process to keep up with. The NBA draft is like, really, once you get to this point, like a couple days out is really when the research begins because it's kind of like I said, the turnaround is so fast for the NBA. It's like I, the NFL has way too much time. Like you spend like three months evaluating all of them and then you have the one month where it's like just chaos of people reporting stuff like the Wonderlic scores or whatever. Basketball gives you none of that. You have no break. And so, I mean, Victor Wimbanyama obviously has been the big talk. Him going to the Spurs is pretty locked in. But then you got guys like Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, probably going to be one of the picks taken. They'll probably be the two, three guys taken. Um, Brandon Miller, I think, has been pretty heavily linked to the Hornets now. Uh, I like that fit. I do. Like Brandon Miller, I think, next to LaMelo Ball. Although it's not like the flashiest deal, I, I do think that it's a very consistent deal, and I do think they're two good teams. Like, I have no issues with that type of, you know, pick, because Scoot Henderson is a point guard, and I know the Mellow Ball is a bigger point guard, so he could be the two, but I like just going out and getting the bigger, best wing that they have out there. So, and I think, you know, Lamella will help set up Brandon Miller pretty well in his career. Uh, then you have the third pick with the Trailblazers. Have not heard a word from what's happening with that yet, so... Maybe by this time next week we'll be like, yeah, they traded that pick for Zion Williamson, but who knows. Then you have Rockets, Pistons, and this is really where it gets kind of shady because you have the Thompson brothers who uh, both played for Overtime Elite, which is just, you know, kind of like, I don't even know if it's like a third-party team, but like, you know, they're not the G League, they're not college, but they're still basketball. Like, they're still playing basketball. Crazy athletes, just can't shoot well. Uh, there's a power forward from Houston. Um, so we'll see him. But a guy I'm looking for that I kind of actually want the, you know, the Hawks to maybe look at to trade up for, Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. 
Uh, Cam Whitmore, I think, is a bigger small forward. Uh, doesn't have quite the offensive prowess I think some other guys have in this draft. But I do like him a lot as a big physical defender. Um, you know, just to stick at the three there, I like is maybe a backup. I don't know what I don't know what the Hawks are gonna do. And, you know, speaking of my own team, there's been talks about them trading for Pascal Siakam or Siakam. They're you know getting rid of Clint Capella, uh, maybe getting rid of John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. A lot of players seem like they're on the table outside of Trey Young. I mean, I think it's just a part of what the Hawks have been, you know, trying to shape this team around what Quinn Snyder wants. And also dealing with some of these past mistakes I think they've made, like extending Capella. I did not like that move at the time and don't like it now. You know, I think they want to move on. Go to Onyeko Kong, who's the starter. You know, he's been, you know, kind of been training here, been getting more minutes down the stretch. And, you know, um, Jalen Johnson from Duke, they drafted two years ago. I think they want to get him more involved in him potentially taking John Collins' spot. You know, and A.J. Griffin, also waiting in the wings, played really good as a rookie beginning of last year, and he hasn't really had the chance to play. So, you know, you have guys like that for the Hawks. We'll see if they make a move here for the 10th pick. I don't know. Because Dallas seems to be very active in trying to move away from the 10th pick to get some more, um, you know, contributing pieces to help Luka and Kyrie Irving if they can keep Kyrie. So you have that. Um, I think the Magic are an interesting team to watch for because Magic are kind of building something. Paulo Bancaro obviously worked out great last year as their first overall pick. Um, they have Wendell Carter locked in. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs played healthy. Markel Fultz was healthy. Like Franz Wagner, I think, is the most underrated player in basketball. I mean, frankly, I don't, I don't think he's like an all-star yet. I don't think he's blowing the doors off, but... I don't think people talk about him enough. He's a their shooting guard. He kind of is a big point guard, and I just really like him. I think he's a really talented player. I think he has great potential, uh, you know, to do something in the league. And I, I like I said, Franz Wagner is one of my guys that I'm looking forward to. <clears throat> then the Wizards have the eighth pick. Um, obviously, I think they're pretty much done. Like I don't think there's anything they can do, so I think they'll just sit, stand pat, draft there. Uh, the Jazz are an interesting team. Because, you know, they have some pieces that, you know, they offloaded at the trade deadline last year was, like, kind of competing for the play-in. They sold those pieces to the Lakers. They ended up just playing fine and not getting much more time. But, you know, the Jazz are sitting at the ninth pick. They have an all-star in Laurie Markkinen. Uh, Walker, Walker Kessler was their draft pick last year, was a great defensive center for them. We'll see what they do. Uh, and like I said, I mentioned the... The Magic. The Magic also have the 11th pick that they got the, from the Bulls. Uh, so, you know, Magic having two picks here, I, they might make a move to maybe go after a, a better starter, a better quality starter, help them try and win, you know, more as a veteran guy. But we'll see. But, yeah, some other teams to look out for. I guess the Pelicans are a team to watch for with this whole, you know, mess they have with Zion or whether they want to offload him somewhere, try and move up to get Scoot. Scoot Henderson was like kind of linked to them early, and it sounds like Scoot has the mutual interest. The Lakers have been talked about trying to move up from their 17th pick or maybe just move off of it for a starter. Uh, and, yeah, uh, a couple teams in the 20s have multiple picks that we remember. I mean, obviously, there's been so many trades uh, over the years. Like, the Rockets still have a Clippers pick that they acquired, I believe, 
when did they acquire this? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Like, the Rockets have the Clippers pick this year. Sure. The Nets have the Suns pick from a Kevin Durant trade. Trailblazers have the Knicks pick. Like, I, I don't know how the... I don't know what the Knicks... I guess Josh Hart. You know, the Trailblazers just have the Knicks pick here in the 23 spot. Uh, the Pacers have the Cavaliers pick, I think, from the Karis LeVert trade, maybe? And then the Hornets have the the Nuggets pick. Uh, the Jazz have the Sixers pick. The Nuggets have the Boston pick that this is the one they traded for today. And then the Clippers have the Bucks pick. Like, so many of these, like, how did these teams get this? The Jazz have the 16th pick as well. Also, they have the, Timber, the Timberwolves pick. So, so many teams, uh, you know, so many teams have other teams' picks. We'll see how it all works out, whether those teams keep the picks themselves um, I think this has a potential to be, you know, it, it's like every time, you know, there's always a lot of talk about trading whenever it comes to around a draft time or around a trade deadline. But this year, I think we might actually get some of those trades because we got an early one already with Chris Stops Brzingis being traded. It could be the first one of many. We could have another one tonight. We could have one that develops during the day tomorrow. We ha could have one during the draft tomorrow. Like, a whole lot of things that could happen, a whole lot of interesting uh, players that could be on the move. I think this will be a very topsy-turvy you know, year with especially how this NBA playoffs ended. A, a team like the Nuggets winning it all, I mean, obviously, you know, we kind of know the context of that, but I think there is a sense of parity around the NBA that there hasn't been in a while where it's not just Warriors destroying everyone. It's not LeBron clobbering every team in the East. I think there is a legitimate, like, hey, we can compete now. Now, there might be teams that are more set up for that, obviously, but I don't think it's out of the question to think, like, a team like the Heat making the finals this year, like, and I don't see a team, like, why can't the Hawks make it? Why can't the Magic make it? Why can't, you know, the Cavaliers, you know, after this first year of really good success, why can't they make that next jump? I think there is a sense of thought process there that, you know, teams are kind of considering and looking at when drafting here, and I, I think we'll see some of the moves reflect that thought process. So, I think that's all I really have for you this time. A you know, shorter show here. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously. Uh, probably talk some. We'll talk some MLB stuff. Maybe some look at some awards and whatnot. Um, and we'll probably have a crowned a new college baseball champion. So, um, LSU. Down two to one now to Wake Forest since I've been recording, but LSU scored just now, and so we'll see how this goes. We'll see how the rest of the College World Series goes out. But make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, check out the YouTube channel. Hopefully, we'll be live next week, maybe again. We'll see. But make sure to check all that stuff out. Make sure to look at LK Sports Talk. I'm gonna try and have the article on time tomorrow, but. Yeah, until next time, as always, I'm your host, Kojavar, and goodbye.